I think this bill is vague on purpose because it is trying to push families, students, and LGBTQ individuals back into the closet. I spoke to teachers from Florida recently they are confused about what that wording actually means. What we're seeing is a national, well-funded effort to attack and eradicate trans youth and trans lives specifically. Like the Hippocratic Oath says, please do no harm. To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. Guatemala's president rejects unconstitutional marriage ban, courage and calamity for Ukrainian queers, and the fight to say gay in Florida. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered this way out. I'm Marcos Najera. And I'm David Hunt. With News Wrap a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending March 12, 2022. Guatemala's conservative president, Alejandro Giamate, surprised political observers this week with the announcement that he'll veto a bill to constitutionally ban marriage equality. Giamate asked legislators to reconsider the law, noting that his administration had neither introduced nor supported the bill. It would also prohibit schools from teaching anything other than that heterosexuality is the norm or anything that could deviate a child's identity according to their birth gender. The measure doubles as an anti-choice law that would jail women for up to 25 years for having an abortion. It was ironically passed on International Women's Day. Members of Jim Matei's own political party were part of the 101 to 8 majority that approved the law for the protection of life and the family. 51 Congress members of the nation's unicameral Congress did not attend the session. Giamatei's letter to Congress warned that the bill was unconstitutional and would violate two international conventions of which the Central American country is a signatory. It certainly runs afoul of the November 2017 ruling of the Inter-American Court of Human Rights that same-gender couples in all members of the Organization of American States should have the right to civil marriage. Congress will discuss Giamatei's threatened veto in the coming week, according to Reuters. If two-thirds of Guatemala's 160-member legislative body votes to move the bill forward, it will be sent to the president's desk for his promised veto. Stories of the bravery and resilience of LGBTQ people in Ukraine continue to emerge as Vladimir Putin steps up his brutal invasion. And that's a word that could get you 15 years in a Russian prison. Warsaw Pride Chair Julia Masioka told Pink News via Zoom that they were arranging suitable safe housing for queer people crossing the Polish border. Many don't make it that far. Ukrainian trans people are having particular difficulty fleeing the country because their identification documents don't match their gender identity. People identified as male between the ages of 18 and 60 are required to remain and join the defense effort. Lesbian human rights activist Olina Shevchenko explained the situation for trans people and other minority groups with ID difficulties on Democracy Now! The case almost not possible for those people who are, uh, have this male documents still or for other trans people to cross the border because during the war, they need to be on the war by law. 
So basically, they don't have any possibility to leave the country. That's why they are staying in our shelters. And of course, there is an option for Roma people as well, just to try to cross the border without documents. But it's also very problematic, even, even uh, taking into account that we've been said by different bodies, I don't know, in Ukraine and different countries, that it will be possible for people without documents to cross the border. But it's not. Transgender people who are trapped or choose to remain in Ukraine need hormones and related meds, and those with HIV-AIDS need access to antiretroviral drugs. Warsaw Pride's Masioka said they need food, they need medical supplies, they need their basic needs to be met. It just hurts to know that they could be hurt at any time. On March 7th, they sent their first shipment of medical supplies to Ukraine with the help of Fundacja Interoxia, a Polish foundation that helps intersex people. Whoops! How did gay clown Putin wind up in the middle of war coverage by Bulgaria's major broadcasters? Activist hackers protested Russia's invasion of Ukraine on March 6th by posting the now infamous caricature of the Russian dictator with the caption, Make love, not war. It depicts Vlad the invader wearing lipstick and mascara with the colors of the rainbow pride flag as the backdrop. The image first surfaced on social media as a protest of Russia's 2013 so-called No Promo Homo Law that banned the promotion of homosexuality to minors. Putin has succeeded in shutting down virtually every independent media outlet in the country that could be providing honest coverage of the invasion, so the Russian people have been force-fed a false narrative by the state-owned press. Ukrainian hackers have managed to post anti-war messages on the homepage of Russian media outlets, hacked legitimate war footage from Ukraine into Russian state TV, and leaked swiped Russian government files, according to Pink News. The head of the Russian Orthodox Church threw himself into Putin's disinformation crusade during his Sunday sermon. Patriarch Kirill named encroaching Western values like LGBTQ pride parades as rationale enough for the war. Meanwhile, anxiety is mounting over the fate of lesbian basketball star Brittany Griner. The seven-time WNBA All-Star and two-time U.S. Olympic gold medalist has been in a Russian jail since February 17th. Customs officers at a Moscow-area airport detained Griner after allegedly discovering cannabis oil vape cartridges in her luggage. Out Texas Congressman Colin Allred finds the situation extremely concerning. He told ESPN, I do think that it's really unusual that we have not been granted access to her from our embassy and our consular services. The Russian criminal justice system is very different than ours, very opaque. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Griner's Houston Home District told MSNBC that COVID protocols had further complicated the process. Biden administration officials fear that Griner will be used as a bargaining chip as hostilities with Russia escalate. Griner's wife, Sherelle, thanked people who have reached out about the athlete's detention in Russia. She posted a photo of Brittany with the message, I miss your voice. I miss your presence. There are no words to express this pain. I'm hurting. We're hurting. We await the day to love on you as a family. Finally, the assault on queer kids rages on in Republican-controlled U.S. states, especially targeting young transgender kids and their families. One of the most egregious involves agents of the Texas government investigating and charging the supportive parents of transgender people with child abuse. Opponents have succeeded in getting a judge to issue a restraining order to temporarily stop the investigations. 
Governor Greg Abbott and loyal henchman Attorney General Ken Paxton are suing the Biden administration for threatening to withhold federal funding over the anti-trans witch hunts. We'll have much more about the Texas purge on next week's This Way Out. In Idaho, anyone convicted of providing gender-affirming medical care to transgender youth could face life in prison under a bill advanced in the State House this week. Even supportive parents and counselors could be charged. It's always important to note that such care for children under 18 is limited to reversible puberty blockers and hormone therapy. Gender reassignment surgery is not standard practice for younger patients. There's also jail time in another Idaho bill for librarians, teachers, or other school officials who allow minors to check out materials with LGBTQ supportive content. That book ban passed the House this week and heads to the state Senate. A similar bill passed the Oklahoma State Senate this week and heads to the House there. South Dakota lawmakers sent a ban on what it calls divisive content in state college and university courses to Republican Governor Kristi Noem this week. She's expected to sign it. Critics warned that its vague language could result in bans on discussion of LGBTQ issues, racism, and sexism. A Tennessee House committee cleared a similar bill this week. Dozens of other U.S. states are seeing the proliferation of so-called bathroom bills, as well as transports ban bills. Any discussion involving the existence of LGBTQ people in school classrooms will soon be virtually eliminated in Florida if the infamous Don't Say Gay law is enacted. Stay tuned for a spotlight on the Sunshine State. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending March 12, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to NewsRap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Marcos Nakata. Stay healthy. And I'm David Hunt. Stay safe. Log the board and record the vote. 22 yeas, 17 nays, Mr. President. So the bill passes. Just don't say gay. We say gay. We say gay. We say gay. Florida's notorious don't say gay bill is headed for the governor's desk. Right-wing Republican presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis is warming up his pen, and lawyers on both sides are warming up their engines because the parental rights in education bill will certainly be going to court. The new law will ban public school districts from teaching about sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, or in what it calls a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. It allows parents to sue a school district if they believe their children were exposed to such inappropriate discussions. In the birthplace of Anita Bryant's infamous homophobic Save Our Children campaign of the 1970s, some don't-say-gay proponents don't seem to have evolved much. DeSantis Press Secretary Christina Peshaw called it an anti-grooming bill because she claimed its supporters were mostly pedophiles. Republican State Senator Elena Garcia offered her own unique defense of the legislation. Let's start off by delineating exactly what LGBT is. And by the way, 
Gay is not a permanent thing. LGBT is not a permanent thing, and it's not a bad thing. I say with all due respect when they say targeting, this isn't at all about targeting. I think this is about perhaps rerouting the responsibilities back to the parents, which is what I think that, that this bill wants to once again delineate. Out Democratic State Senator Chevron Jones made the political very personal. So my dad, uh, who is an amazing human being, uh, he wrote a book um, not too long ago. And the book that my, my, my dad wrote, it was inspiring. As most of you know, my dad's a pastor down in uh, South Florida. Uh, the book that my dad wrote was inspired by the loss of my brother. But then as I continued to read the introduction of my dad's book for the first time, he just came out about three weeks ago. It was also speaking about his disappointment It was my dad talking about. It was my dad talking about his disappointment. After me. After taking 30 years of just wanting to make him, him and my mom proud. And just coming out and saying who I am. And so when I see these kids, I don't think y'all understand how much courage it takes for these children to show up every day. Just imagine living your life for 30 years and you coming to your parents and, and you're talking about who you are and you're lying to them about who you are. I never wanted to disappoint my dad. I even told him to watch this today. I don't think y'all understand that even rerunning for office, it was, it was difficult because people calling your names, just people saying things to you. And all you want to do is serve. I never knew that living my truth would, uh, would cause church members to leave my dad's church. Or friends to stop talking to me. Or families to make jokes about who you are. In my heart, I don't believe any of you in here, my colleagues, many of who I've known for years, I believe that we all wanna do right. But I, well, I do want you all to know that I'm proud to serve each and every last one of you. Whatever direction you decide to go on this bill, it doesn't make you a bad person. But I ask that, that you open up your hearts just a tad bit. And don't think about whether or not you could get reelected or not. And as a Christian, I could have lost my faith in me coming out like I didn't. Somebody asked me, and I did an interview last week, and they said, why have you, why, why do you keep going back to the same church? And I told them that God is all I have. And I promise you all, 
Just some thoughts ran through my mind after I lost my brother because I never got a chance to tell him. So I ask you all, whatever this bill is supposed to do, let that bill do it. Let's do that. But like the Hippocratic Oath says, please do no harm. That was Florida State Senator Chevron Jones. Two LGBTQ spokespeople tag-teamed on ABC News to explain how the measure can do harm to LGBTQ children or children who have queer parents or family members. This bill creates a lot of fear. Amit Paley, CEO of the queer suicide prevention group, The Trevor Project. We've already heard many young people in Florida who are worried about what this is going to mean for them. We've heard from many uh, teachers who are worried about the impact it will have on them, on censoring or banning them from using common language or or validating uh, the existence of certain types of families. And we've heard from families and parents who are worried that their child can't say that they have two moms or two dads. You know, as a, a recent father, I've been thinking a lot about Uh, what it would be like to be living in the state of Florida uh, as an LGBTQ family. Teacher Chastin Buttigieg, husband of U.S. Treasury Secretary Pete. I think this bill is vague on purpose because uh, it is trying to silence or push families, students, and LGBTQ individuals back into the closet. I'm wondering what it would be like if my kid were going to school and talking about the great weekend that they had with their dads. Is a teacher supposed to censor my kids? Are they supposed to silence my kid and say, hey, we can't talk about that here. And I think these lawmakers are choosing extremely vague language because they want teachers to be fearful of talking about these subjects. The don't say gay bill could impact students in higher grades too. It's the phrases age appropriate and developmentally appropriate that are the problem. I spoke to teachers from Florida recently. Amit Paley. They are confused about what that wording actually means. And so if they have material that they otherwise are currently teaching, basic things about the civil rights movements in this country, people in American history and global history who've been LGBTQ, lessons plans where children can talk about their parents and their families, they might be hesitant to do that because they don't want to lose their jobs. I watched hours of the debate on the floor over this bill. Chastin Buttigieg. Lawmakers on the other side of the aisle were asked specifically and repeatedly. What are we doing here? What are we trying to fix? Do we really think that teachers are engineering students to become gay? It's preposterous. They're not secretly pushing the gay agenda, the trans agenda, the woke agenda. It's just not happening. As a teacher myself, I'm wondering where is the language in the bill that tells me what I can and cannot talk about or teach? We'd like to see more companies and we'd like to see everyone, individuals and groups, speak up in support of LGBTQ young people. One famed Florida franchise has come under fire over the Don't Say Gay bill. Employees of the Walt Disney Company challenge its failure to publicly oppose the measure while its Orlando entertainment complex rakes in millions. Despite its publicly progressive costume, the mouse has a cheesy past of racism, sexism, homophobia, union-busting, and brutal dictator buddies. And a Lion King's share of its political donations in the state go to Republicans. 
Some Disney workers have spoken out on social media. We got a company-wide email this morning. Dana Terrace, creator of the popular queer-inclusive The Owl House. Basically telling us, in summary, Disney as a company is not going to change doing any of this. We're not going to not give money to these people. But here are a bunch of flowery and compassionate words to shut you up. The email goes on to say, uh, I believe the, from Bob Chapek, I believe the best way for our company to bring about lasting change is through the inspiring content we produce and the diverse organizations we support. Yes, such diverse organizations as all the Republicans who want to out queer kids against their will and put them in danger. I've loved working for Disney. Animation writer Benjamin Seaman. It's an amazing company that I love since I was a kid. They make amazing movies and television specials, and they're starting to include more LGBT characters. I've let kids know that, you know, if being gay is all right. But when they have donated to the sponsors and co-sponsors of the Don't Say Gay bill, and they have made no position against this bill, and they are going to continue donating to these politicians, they are essentially saying that this bill is okay. This bill is going to hurt kids, and that's why I'm asking Disney to please take a position on the Don't Say Gay bill. Say that it's wrong, and say that you're going to stop donating to the politicians that vote for it. Disney, please say gay. After the bill had passed the Senate and was heading for Governor DeSantis' almost certain signature, Disney CEO Bob Chapek finally chimed in. I called Governor DeSantis this morning to express our disappointment and concern that if legislation becomes law, it could be used to unfairly target gay, lesbian, non-binary, and transgender kids and families. Chapik also said that the company was halting and reviewing its political donations in Florida. That, of course, shook up the Republican recipients of Disney's millions, including DeSantis. The governor was not amused. You have companies like a Disney that are going to say and criticize parents' rights. They're going to criticize the fact uh, that we don't want transgenderism in kindergarten and first grade classrooms. If that's the hill that they're going to die on, then how do they possibly explain lining their pockets with their relationship from the Communist Party of China? A DeSantis-Disney split? Democratic Florida lawmaker Anna Escamani doesn't buy it. She verified through public documents that most of Disney's political contributions have gone to DeSantis and other Republicans, and a lot of that money comes from Disney's Chinese theme park profits. Republicans, in turn, have ensured juicy tax breaks for the company. The governor's pretending like he's tough on Disney. That's just not true. And for Governor DeSantis to call out Disney for working in China while accepting that China profit that Disney makes is filled with irony. Florida is just the tip of the iceberg, according to ACLU trans attorney Chase Strangio. He told Democracy Now! I want to make two just quick points about, about this piece of legislation as it relates to the legislation and the national context. First, we're hearing a lot about from supporters about how this is really targeting 
young children in classrooms with an explicit prohibition in the K through three context. Um, but as a parent of a fourth grader, I, you know, what are families like mine supposed to do? What are kids like mine supposed to do? Those are grades where people are urged to talk about their families. So what this does is it erases the possibility that young people can speak about their own lives, their own truth. And that connects to this larger national context, where what we're seeing is a national, well-funded effort to attack and eradicate trans youth and trans lives specifically. And that is not an effect of what we are seeing. That is the intention. An effort to uh, leverage and weaponize misinformation, particularly about trans people, to mobilize a political base in the lead up to 2022 and 2024. And this is happening in state houses across the country that are deeply gerrymandered, that have shifted incredibly far to the right as a result, uh, in large part, uh, of the Supreme Court's decision in 2013 to gut the Voting Rights Act um, with the Shelby County versus Holder decision. So we can't understand this national context without understanding the voter suppression that is happening, without understanding the effort to restrict access to reproductive health care. There is a dynamic process that is mobilizing state control over people's bodies through voter suppression structures in order to make it harder for people to survive in the lead-up to major uh, national elections in 2022, the midterms, and then in 2024 with the presidential election. Over 35 states have introduced bills targeting transgender young people. Thankfully, we are able to stop some of them, but we are continuing to fight to the very end of these legislative sessions because there is an aggressive push to move these quickly through state legislatures. Chase Strangio of the ACLU is right. Republican lawmakers in Georgia have introduced their version of a don't say gay bill, and Tennessee lawmakers are trying to revive one that was first introduced almost 10 years ago and failed. Anti-trans laws are moving in Texas, where Adam and Amber Briggle found themselves under investigation for raising a 14-year-old transgender son. The Briggles were shocked by the state's attack on the support of parents and caregivers of transgender children. They were even more shocked that it was launched by the legal opinion of Attorney General Ken Paxton, a man who had once been a guest in their home. It's traumatizing. It's anxiety-inducing. Though we are a small minority, the rights of my child matter just as much as the rights of your child do. We'll go to the heart of Texas next time on This Way Out. Until then, Lesbian Saturday Night Live icon Kate McKinnon suggested a way around the Don't Say Gay bill on Weekend Update. Well, this week, Florida's controversial Don't Say Gay bill passed the state Senate. Here to comment is Kate McKinnon. <laughs> I heard about this law, and I, j I think it's amazing. Oh, you, you, you do? Yeah, because, you know, when I was in middle school in the 90s, I was kind of, like, tortured by the constant use of the word gay. Like, you know, that's so gay, or ew, you're gay. I feel like there's been a misunderstanding. See, the law actually means that you can't acknowledge that gay exists at all. What? I'm trying to make sense of all this. Like, does this don't say gay law have a purpose? Well, I, I think, I guess it's so kids aren't going home with questions that parents don't want to answer. I don't know uh -huh. what the idea is. So, like, one kid can say, I live with my parents, but another one has to say, I live in a house with two adult men who bought me when I was young. <laughs> That's good. That'll be way, they'll be less confused. Then. Yeah, it, it does sound like it would be more confusing. Yeah. Oh, look, Colin, if the 90s were right, and gay means bad, then this is the gayest law that I have ever seen. So kids, listen up. If you can't say it, 
you might as well sing it. Gay, 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 gay. No, we're not gonna disappear. No, we're not going anywhere. Don't say gay, Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Marcos Nahara and David Hunt, produced by Brian DeShazer. Sam Cook and Sean Chapin performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tithe Foundation, a request from Christopher David Trentum, and donors John Bullpray and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on KDCR Riverside, California, WRPI Troy, New York, CKDU Halifax, Nova Scotia, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.